If you buy for or sell to the federal government, you can expect substantial change from the Biden administration. If passed is prologue, the Democratic administration will impose or reimpose lots of procurement rules coming from people with some experience. For what to expect, federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen. And what do you think we can expect, Larry? Tom, I think right away we're going to be uh, looking at some small business rules. The incoming administration has already telegraphed their ability to look at bundling and to uh, impose perhaps new executive orders that would limit any perceived contract bundling. Uh, We could also be looking at increased scrutiny for contractors in the conduct of their non-government related business. We've seen this before, again, mostly from Democratic administrations. Contractors' fitness not solely judged on its performance on government contracts, but on its scorecard in terms of meeting federal employment, environmental, and other laws. So those are a couple of things that uh, I think we should be looking at. The bottom line for contractors is that the regulatory framework of how you conduct your business today is going to change, and it's probably going to change somewhat in the next six months and even more after that. I guess the underlying assumption on that mindset is that there are, it's allowable, I guess, or okay to have special rules for companies that do business with the federal government that may not apply to every other company. Well, you hit the nail on the head there, Tom. Government contractors and government contracting generally has been a venue in which social policy, socioeconomic policy is imposed uh, where it cannot politically be imposed on a broader commercial uh, market. So uh, in one way to look at that as a test bed, government market's a test bed, but really it's also the market over which people who would seek to uh, have certain behaviors, regulatory behaviors, socioeconomic behaviors. This is the laboratory for doing that. They know that they have the maximum opportunity to shape this market segment, and uh, that's what they'll do. So these will likely originate with the Office of Management and Budget, but maybe come through the Office of Federal Procurement Policy and the Office of Federal Contractor Compliance Programs through the Labor Department. I think both. You know, we have on deck someone uh, as a designee for the Department of Labor who has been labeled as a labor activist. So that's going to have a very broad agenda. Not all of that's going to be government contract related, Tom, but we can certainly foresee that some of it will make its way into government contracting, that activism. The other part is that Good news, bad news story. Uh, uh, Traditionally, Democratic administrations actually will put experienced people with an acquisition background in key positions. You mentioned the Office of Federal Procurement Policy. These are people who will go in probably earlier on than their Republican counterparts uh, did, so particularly under this past administration. And while that's good in that they usually have a broad background and are willing to talk to industry and can speak the same language, it's also going to be a little bit of a challenge because those are people who either themselves or working internally with their uh, higher-ups in OMB will have uh, some policies that they definitely want to promulgate 
that industry might find questionable. All right. So be braced and don't say we didn't warn you. We're speaking with Larry <laughs> Allen as president of Allen Federal Business Partners. And down at the ground level here, GSA has issued a new rule clarifying lowest price technically acceptable LPTA, a term we haven't heard in the last year or so for non-DOD contracts. What's going on there? Tom, this is the continuation of regulatory changes to rein in the use of low-price, technically acceptable contracts. The most recent GSA civilian FAR rule that was issued just uh, last week more or less mirrors one that the Department of Defense issued back in the fall. Both of them are designed to provide guidance, uh, read as limitation, on the use of LPTA contracting. This is good news, I think, for anyone who promotes common sense acquisition, whether you're in industry or government. LPTA is a contract method that has its place in government. Like any tool, though, it can become the tool of the day, and then it tends to get used in situations where it's maybe not the best tool. And we certainly have seen that happen over the last six to 10 years in government acquisition, where this tool was used in lots of places And sometimes that tool, just to follow the example, Tom, ended up getting dropped on the big toe of government and causing them some real pain. So this guidance that's come out from GSA and earlier from DOD says, no, we're only going to use LPTA in specific circumstances, and it shouldn't be used as a substitute for situations that call for subjective determinations. Yes, when the agency can comprehensively and clearly describe the minimum requirements in terms of performance objectives. So I think they don't say products and commodities only, but I think that's probably what they want. That is, as opposed to professional services type contracts. Well, it is really where they're going with that, Tom. And they even further go on and talk about a slew of services like IT services. That's just one example that are actually in the publication accompanying the rule that talk about now LPTA as a solution for these types of services may not always be the best approach. Uh, There are going to be some times when you really want to do that best value trade-off, do that analysis. There's an acknowledgement that that's more difficult and will take more time, but in the end, it should drive a better result for government. And we should also point out the distinction between lowest price technically acceptable and requiring a firm fixed price for a given service deal. Right. They're they're not always the same. You can have a firm fixed price contract, Tom, that has a best value component to it. Uh, firm fixed price is just the method of quotation for how the contract is going to be uh, let. So it's not the same as low price technically acceptable. You can have a low price, technical acceptable on a firm fixed price, but you can also have best value. You can also have low price, technical acceptable on a time and material contract. And I think both of these topics, the LPTA and the activist role in operations of contractors that the new administration is going to have, that we can expect, there is also a dynamic where, as a group, contractors can influence the government. It's not only coming from the government which way these kinds of things get resolved. For example, LPTA 
a lot of industry got up on its hind legs for a couple of years to beat that thing down to where even it was mentioned in one of the National Defense Authorization Acts. So industry shouldn't simply assume it's a passive recipient of whatever an administration policy might be, but they can have an active role in helping shape it if they're smart. Um, Anybody who's listened to my comments over the last 30 years uh, knows that I'm a firm believer in what you just said. Industry has an important role to play in shaping government acquisition policy, whether it's something like LPTA or objecting to things, uh, rules that really have no place in government business that don't impact the quality of government contracting, yet will add cost and oversight to that contracting. Industry has been a great partner with government historically when it has been active. If you look back to the landmark procurement reforms that were done in the 1990s. Industry was an active participant. They testified in multiple congressional hearings for that. Today, you can do that both as an individual company or through any number of associations out there. The bottom line is this is your market too, industry. You have a voice. You should use that voice. And hey, you're about to get a whole new group of players in, most of whom are going to want to hear from you So it's a great opportunity to get in on the bottom floor and to engage and start that dialogue. Uh, And if you don't do it, you're going to be missing a real opportunity. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners. As always, thanks so much. Tom, thank you. And I wish your listeners happy selling. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.